0: Hello, and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris, and today I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. To help me, our two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe.
1: <laughs> we are high school English teachers. Nick, it's back to school time. So we're oh. going to talk about... School. We're going to talk about education, and specifically, Ooh. we're going to talk about <laughs> a book that I read a few years ago called "The Case Against Education: Why the Education System Is a Big Old Waste of Time and Money." Is the title really
2: it's, okay? I big old don't. Hello, Nick. Hello, Joe. Hello, lit heads, and a uh, big special hello to all the teachers out there. Hello, yeah. Who are listening to this episode? We appreciate you. I I didn't read this
1: book, but I still have a lot of thoughts about it. (laughs) (laughs) And today, Ian will be speaking on behalf of education. (laughs) May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders.
0: Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely enough,
2: every author (laughs) was at some point to Racist.
0: Audiobooks don't count, right?
2: All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who, who told you that? Fun fact that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> um, I, I saw on Twitter that the, the author is going to debate Peter Singer, um, who is a notoriously, um, well, anyway, Peter Singer's a mess. And, <laughs>
1: and,
2: uh, <laughs> and, uh <laughs> I'm really wondering which of us here today, Joe, is is the
1: Brian Kaplan and which is the Peter Singer. Which is the Peter Singer, yeah. Peter Singer, he's the one that says you should give away all your money, I think. Like, he's all about for effective altruism. He says a lot of kind
2: of extreme things. Some things to do with kind of like utilitarianism and...
1: Yeah.
0: um, Yeah. Hard for me to justify. Well, I need to be educated on this topic to have a strong opinion today.
1: No, I think like Absolutely so many not. topics in education, Nick, the fact that you have been in school allows you just carte blanche to speak freely. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, just Absolutely. throw your dumb old opinion around as much as you want.
0: Well, we're well, one of the leading literature podcasts um, mm-hmm. in Wisconsin. And so I think that that gives us at least a one leg up. Speaking mm-hmm. of Wisconsin and legs, I, I do need to kind of put oh. um, me a culpa. Wow. Um, Good segue. Uh, if this well, is I really just about Wisconsin and legs, that <laughs> is going to be gonna an, be an incredible, incredible connection that you just made.
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm it's pulling not the reader be. in. So um, uh, I was sitting uh, reclining my legs underneath
1: <laughs> <With> my <laughs> legs. <laughs>
0: <That> <laughs> I wasn't really using my legs
1: at the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can make anything about legs. <laughs> um,
2: I was Fuck. sitting behind my desk and, and um, one of my students said to me, Hey, Ian, am I going to get my stickers? And
0: I said, well, if you request them,
2: <laughs> if you, you request you don't the know stickers, stickers
0: available now, at you don't know podcast.com. Yeah, exactly. And the student said, well, I
2: requested them back in the middle of July and I haven't seen them yet. And I was like, I have been looking at mm-hmm. the email inbox for every week and I haven't seen your, so I went back and looked Uh-oh. and Google Google, Google, thank you, Google, this week brought mm-hmm. to you not by Google, but by Netscape, because <laughs> Google, Google has been just suppressing
0: a bunch of sticker requests. Oh, they haven't no. been going to our inbox. Now, they're going Ian, to some. We have a live time uh, possible reveal that's going to happen as soon as I finish this sentence. Mm-hmm. Now, I have been. You know, archiving these on my mobile device. Now, oh, I, no. would have, I thought. <laughs> no, hold on. Now, <laughs> now I thought. So this isn't my fault. It's Nick's, hold on. Nick's happy Wait archive swipers. I thought that's just on my end. I didn't know. No. I didn't think that would affect the, the inbox for both of us.
1: Oh, no. Well, so well, Nick because you're we, both looking at we the, got the same a code inbox. Rocks.
2: Anyway, lidheads, um, if you've requested stickers in the hey, last <laughs> actually two months, lidheads, <laughs> ah, my dear. I sent out Apologies. two months worth of stickers yesterday. <laughs> and you should expect them soon. And you know what? If you Shit. if you want to cross your legs and cross your arms in Wisconsin or elsewhere, and tell us um, that we've done a bad job, you know we'll accept that because um, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we we did. You know,
1: Those think- are coming. Oof. This is great. You know, here Ian is speaking on behalf of the Litheads, giving a voice to literature, and Nick, like always, is doing everything he can to suppress, suppress and archive yeah. that voice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, speaking of legs, well, hello, Litheads, and welcome to You Don't Know Lit, a weekly, or as we call it, strongly podcast, strongly podcast. Where every week we typically pick a theme, and Ian and Joe, two high school English teachers, bring, bring two book recommendations. But in lieu of that, we do cop outs sometimes to just bring one. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, we do still have some rules to keep us on track. Rule number one, only unavoidable spoilers today, gentlemen. Rule number two, omit needless words. Joseph. And Joseph. Everybody, really. And rule number three, uh, doesn't matter. Well, no, win in. But it's not, it's not winning. Oh, rule number, th- only rule number three doesn't matter. <laughs> rule number three, only
2: rule number three doesn't matter. And of course, you have shadow rules, which are cut the funding, cut the funding, cut the funding, cut mm-hmm. the funding, cut the funding.
1: Starve the beast. So, Right. No,
0: Don't start. Don't start Cut, the beast. political commentary. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Way to start that yeah. dialogue, Ian.
2: <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys ready to be really just? I'm ready um, to affect ang- change. Angry. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet. Do we? Oh, can I hear about I, this? Can I? Mm-hmm. Can I congratulate you guys on some student loan debt being potentially wiped out? Oh, that's Is that good. Very happen? topical.
1: All yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Pretty related to the book I brought today, I think. Um, I know. Where he largely argues that uh, education is just too damn expensive.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and more recently he's argued that the forgiving of student loan debt is a regressive, stupid idea. So. Yeah. You know what
0: connection I heard recently? That's fascinating. I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that there are some human truths that people, you know, people that they're, they're motivated by certain things. you family, say something about money. ivermectin, so help me. No, no. It's that, um, the, really the biggest benefit that the military has for people joining is the uh, ability to, to offer free college. And that absolutely. is potentially tied into, um, college being so expensive and lobbying mm-hmm. for college to continue to be so expensive and mm-hmm. um yeah that makes me they're, sad they're,
1: inside the military <laughs> industrial education complex you got to feed there that have been beast out loud
2: arguments it's not only it's even a conspiracy anymore there have been people oh, good. who have said well listen if we forgive student loans Nobody will sign up for the military anymore.
1: Right. <laughs> they've just they've just they've just said it. they just said it. It's like, oh you said the quiet part foul. loud, guys. That's yes, exactly. right. get more
0: more budget without more people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um boy, let's let's keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, tell me about You have 30 seconds to to tell me why education is not important.
1: Okay, only 30 seconds, (laughs) shortest show ever. All right, Nick, Brian Kaplan is a professor of economics at George Mason University. He's written a bunch of books with kind of inflammatory titles like The Myth of the Rational Voter and Selfish Reasons to Have More Kids, and I think probably his most famous book, The Case Against Education, Why Education is a Waste of Time and Money. In this book, he basically argues that despite being really popular education, is really overrated and really expensive and really stupid
0: yeah those are almost like uh like he's writing his books like in the form of clickbait
1: right <laughs> the, um, uh, and I've, I've
2: seen him described as a contrarian like his his position in in the i mean contrarian is the fancy way of saying troll
1: yeah. yeah, he is a big, big hairy troll. Yeah. One thing I didn't say about this book is it actually comes entirely in the form of lists and chapters have titles like number seven will infuriate you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 72
1: things you didn't know about your teacher. Yeah. I actually did.
2: No, I did see that while we're on the topic of speaking of speaking of Wisconsin in format, and formats, um, And legs.
0: And legs. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> legs. Thank you, Joe.
2: Um, his I think his best reviewed book is maybe his most recent, which is a collaboration with an online webcomic. Um, if you're familiar with Saturday morning breakfast cereal, um oh. he published a book about immigration, um, like the science and ethics of immigration, um illustrated by a web a web car a web cartoonist. SMBC. And appara- apparently it's quite good. All the reviews mm-hmm. say it's it's really excellent.
0: That's great. Do you guys want to hear a one-star review for legs? <laughs> <Sorry>. Yes. <laughs> no, I can't I I got nothing here. I can't I can't deliver on this one, but it was man, could you imagine if I did how funny that would be? <laughs> one-star um,
1: review of legs. What's Joe, I need to
0: hear about this author. Um I need to know where this guy's coming from. Can you can somebody tell me a little bit about this guy? Is he uh um, The Devil's Advocate? Him. Is he, you know, Al Pacino or is he more of a uh, a Keanu Reeves. The two types of person. Yeah, there's two types of people in this world.
1: Yeah, so I can tell you a little bit about this author. Um, I do think he's a contrarian. I, I, I should say I don't. I do think he definitely is a contrarian. He has titles like "The Case Against Education" and "The Myth of the Rational Voter." Right? They do feel a little bit clickbaity. They. You get your hackles up a little bit when you read these titles. Like you go on guard. Um, he has been I. I was reading one review of him, and they did this thing that you see sometimes in reviews where they're like, Brian Kaplan, uh, economics professor, and then they did the thing in the review where it said, and popular libertarian blogger was the line, but they (laughs) crossed it out. They didn't delete it from the review. They just struck through it. I don't know why they do that. Why do they do that, Nick?
0: Well, I have no idea what... In in the article, in the article, so it was like
1: Brian That's Kaplan, strange. economics professor and popular libertarian blogger, and then like the strike through, you know, format. Maybe it, was-
0: it has something to do with um, retractions you know, or, or updates oh, on, on the article he's, without... He's litigious. litigious. Uh, yeah, maybe oh, he maybe. sued them and sent them... Doesn't like uh, being called popular. He's like, I am I'm not, not popular. A popular nobody a likes terrible. me. <laughs> Punk rock, baby. Yeah.
1: But he, he's an economic professor. He does legitimate economic research. He is at George Mason University, which, you know, isn't your 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 local dime store university. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he writes books tangentially related to economics, right? Great. Right. Uh, he does a lot of press around them. Like if you want to see interviews with this guy, you can watch hours and hours and hours of interviews. Mm. Um, This is the only book I've ever read of his. However, I do think the case that he puts forward, he does argue his case in a pretty logical way. And when you read this book, one of the experiences you have is you, you go into this book with your hackles up a little bit and you start reading it and you do feel a little bit disarmed as you read and you go, well, that's probably true. And, well, he has a pretty good point there. That's hard to sure. argue against, etc.
0: Well, uh, you know, I mean, to state the obvious here, <laughs> education system ain't perfect, folks. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's not perfect. <laughs> so there's obviously a lot of arguments. I'm just curious to know where he's kind of coming from. Is he like legitimately, you know, here? here's the argument against it and it, it's pretty legit? Or is it yeah, more of no, a, I, like the military industrial complex is in his pocket.
1: (laughs) No, it's okay. So like, is he playing devil's advocate here? No, he's making a real straightforward argument. He he has takeaways where he's like, look, if you agree with my argument, which he thinks is pretty airtight and which is, is pretty solid. um, He says, if you agree with my argument, this is what the rational response to it is. We should have educational austerity. The government needs to sharply cut education funding and curb this wasteful rat race. And we should have an increased doubling down on vocational education because practical skills are more socially valuable. Like that is the ultimate takeaway from this book. So it's not—he is not playing devil's advocate here. He's putting a very straightforward, very sincere argument
0: together. So great. So no room for like compromise or like um, progress moving forward with with all parties. You so, remember our shadow rules today? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what were cut they the again, funding. Ian? Cut, cut the funding. I'll fund. oh, cut, cut the, the funding. funding. The fund. <laughs> That's
1: the question I have for you two at the start of the episode here, what is education for? right like like in the united states education to a certain degree is compulsory you have to be educated right from the time you're 5 years old 6 years old until the time you're 18 you have a regimented system that you go to that system has a purpose what is the purpose of that system
0: do you want what we think it should be for joe or do you want what it was actually developed for
1: I'll take either answer. I, I think both are like it, both inform this book.
0: Yeah, well, I think like the the brief history lesson is that education, you know, was basically this the system of education was developed a very long time ago to train workers and to get people, you know, into a certain place of intelligence, maybe. Sure. Or knowledge to get careers.
1: Sure. Like you need a certain level of like, like good workers have to have a certain level of yeah, um, good factory arithmetic. workers. They have need to have math, a certain level science. of uh, reading yeah. they have to have a certain level of communication skills. Okay.
0: Yeah. It was for uh, the, the Henry Ford's of the world to get more workers. Henry Ford noted anti-Semite. Um, <laughs> And just, destroyer just, of Michigan mm-hmm. and well, the United States.
1: Do you know if there's a uh, city in Michigan where Henry Ford has collected a bunch of famous buildings? Have you seen this? Are, are you familiar with this?
2: I, I went there when I lived in Michigan. I, I we, we, we went to the. It's called the Henry Ford. That's OK. The, well, that's, that's the name of the zero points to creativity in
0: that one. <laughs> Stupid name.
2: I was as a child. I was so confused. I was like, is it the, the Henry Ford Museum? No, it's not the Henry Ford Museum experience.
1: Whatever it's.
2: Mm-hmm. The Henry
1: Ford. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wild. But he has like, this is where Thomas Edison was buried. And this is right. Mark Twain's exhumed body. It's like I don't know. He's collected like birthplaces and stuff like
2: that. It's very strange. It's a very, very strange place. It's a strange. Um, can I answer your question,
1: Joe? I would love that.
2: I'm going to answer it by rejecting the premise. <laughs> oh
1: God. Now, <laughs> you
2: say I'm in, I'm, I'm in contrarian mode today. you say education is for a purpose. And I think that that singularity is, is off base. I think education Education serves today a variety of purposes, and part of it, yes, is kind of the vocational or, or, or financial aspect, you know, making you a better worker. But there's also things like it provides child care yeah. for millions of two-income families, two-income households, or single mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, it provides uh, important socialization training. Um, It provides uh, a discipline um, in in some some sometimes too much discipline, as is in the case in Missouri, where they've recently reintroduced corporal punishment in in schools. So I think (laughs) I I would reject the idea that um, I would reject the idea that it serves a purpose. And I think it it serves. Yeah, your question sucks,
0: Joe. A variety of
2: purposes (laughs) for a variety of people. Well, I, I think Joe is. Cause I've done some research in this book. I think Joe's question, he's trying to trick us. It reflects this book because mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, this book says education is primarily for this one single purpose. Okay. Right. What is it, Joe?
1: Yeah. So, okay. Tell well, us the right answer, Joe. Yeah. you fucking booby trap questions over here. Just tell <laughs> us what the book is about. <laughs> okay. Brian Kaplan sets out the argument that says, look, the notional purpose of education is to increase somebody's human capital right? Becoming educated makes <sighs> you a better, literally a more valuable person, right? Boy, Nick is audibly rejecting is this premise. Contrary, <laughs> just immediately off-putting. <laughs> right, terms like human capital, you're like, F you, Brian Kaplan. Yeah, no, maybe says, stop like, talking, Brian. <laughs> but he says, look, we go, like, the reason your parents want you to go to college is because they want you to, like, well, they maybe want you improve to improve be yourself. Person. They, right? they they want you to prove
0: yourself, right? I think you could say that like somebody who's not like you know a total dick, right? Well, you could say an like economist. economist, like this is the way improve he improve yourself about to improve your quality of life to mm-hmm. yeah, improve maybe yeah, your own potential, etc. Okay.
1: Right, but that's not how he frames it. He yeah, says you prove your says, value, to your, to, your the value
0: the to your boss, your future boss. Okay. That's so, exactly it. Okay, so he's a dick with some good points.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like so many of them out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, keep going, Joe. Tell us. What, okay. Tell us. So I, I want to hear the argument before yeah, we just,
1: continue to just bash on it and talk over you. Absolutely. The notional value of education is it improves your human capital. He says... The problem is, is that education isn't actually that good at doing that. So if you think that you go to education, and Nick, this is something you've expressed before. I've heard you say on this show and in private conversations. If you think that education is something that, like, you go to school to learn stuff that is valuable in the world, well, not that much of stuff that you learn in school is valuable in the world. And you think of the jobs that you have now, the way that you contribute to society now, and all the education that we all have under our belts. And what a small fraction of those classes, those discussions, those professors, those teachers actually have helped us in any significant way, like be who we are today. I recently heard uh, Neil
0: Degrassi, Tyson Degrassi, and Tyson Degrassi mm-hmm. talk Degrassi about junior high. Yeah, how like math isn't like. Uh, we know it's it's not useful for everybody, but it teaches your brain to think in a new way. And that is profoundly useful. I still use the concept of um, I'm going to do some math here.
2: Mm-hmm. In algebra, they have a little something I like to call the variable. <laughs> <laughs> OK, but I think I think I think Quiet, using John, the idea of variables and constants in uh, understanding the world is super helpful. Because you can account sure. for situations by, okay, that element of the situation is a variable element,
0: whereas that element is more like a Oof. constant. So you got to get that on TikTok, science, like, like our Dr. De- Degrassi, Tyson Degrassi. Is he,
1: is he big on TikTok? Does he have a big TikTok presence? Oh, he
0: talks it up. Yeah, for sure. Okay. That's
1: good. Okay. So he starts out by like uh, introducing that premise, rejecting that promise, where he says, look, this is what people kind of think education is for. It's not really that good at that. Right. He says, but one thing that education is undoubtedly good at is it's a signaling device. Right. And anybody with a bachelor's degree has undergone this. We're like, you are applying for jobs. And we all know, like the old joke of like, hey, entry level position, you need five years of experience in a bachelor's degree for this entry level position. Right. Right. Where he says, One of the values of education is to show that you can do something hard, right? Can you show up somewhere on time? Are you intelligent enough to muster through? Are you hardworking enough to get through this, et cetera? Education is a valuable signaling device. Keep going. So then, but the the argument that he has against that is he says, well, look, education is a valuable signaling device, right? Like people with, and like a great example that he gives is he says, if you actually learned anything valuable in school, somebody with three quarters of a bachelor's degree would be three quarters as valuable as somebody who has gone through that last year and graduated. I don't, but they're okay. not. Right? Yeah. Okay.
0: You, 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 he, he lo- you, you lost me. Keep going.
1: Okay. He says, but like the problem with education as a signaling device is when education teaches it, like is just there to see who shows up, who's hardworking, who's intelligent enough, basically who's willing to put up with the education system enough because those traits are presumably valuable for who is willing to put up with a job, right? Like be a good worker. He says, you get an inflation, you get signaling inflation uh, where it's almost like people standing up at a concert. If we all agree to just sit down at the concert, we'll have a good view. It's going to be a much better time. Have you ever sat down? It's great. You don't have to use your legs.
0: Legs was a joke we made earlier.
1: (laughs) But as people start to stand up at a concert by the end, everybody is standing up and nobody (laughs) has a better view than if they all just sat down to begin with. Um, so pretty much he says, like, look, sure, education is a signaling device, but you end up with inflation around it, right? Where pretty soon the job that used to require is a bachelor's degree now requires a master's degree, right? And he goes on to argue, like, look, there are other ways to signal your social capital, right? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be with a four-year degree, a six-year degree, et cetera. Like, Interesting, you okay. Can, like, you could imagine a system, or other countries have systems, in which you signal your preparedness for a job, By working a little miniature version of that job and excelling at it in the form of an apprenticeship or a journeyman or something like that. Um, You can signal your social capital by doing things like dressing nicely and showing up on time and replying to emails promptly or early in the morning, etc. So he says, basically... Education doesn't actually teach you anything that's worthwhile. That's kind of prong one of this book. And even if you take education as a signaling device, there are so many other, he would say, more efficient ways, right? Cheaper ways to signal your worth as long as we can all get a, get together on the same page and agree that those are sufficient.
0: I'm just expecting... Um somebody to like wear a suit and open up their own hospital and be like, well, I'm going to be a doctor one day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen how nicely I'm dressed? And I did respond to your email at five. Have you seen my signals?
0: Okay, what a stupidly flawed argument. Keep
1: going, Joe. Okay, so that that's pretty much the two prongs of I, this I have, a, I have a question. So specifically,
0: like, okay, facts change, right? So you, information changes. So that's why the things you learn in college maybe don't necessarily apply to the mm. things that you would need in the workforce, oh, right? Okay. Yes. So like, what does he say? But like, but it does teach you how to
1: learn. Okay. It, yeah, it, You get it, this Neil deGrasse you, Tyson uh, it, argument where it's like, look, it rewires your brain. The fact yes. that you had to sit through an economics class to get your photography major, right? And it
0: exposes it sh- you to a tremendous amount of things that if you were just solely focused on one career... You don't know how not being exposed to those things could have an impact on your future. I mean, I'm doing shit now that I never thought I would be doing
1: (laughs) 15 years ago. You know what I mean? So what does he say about that? Okay, that's a common argument that comes up against this where it's like, well, look, school isn't actually about the stuff that you learn. It's about the process of acquiring that learning. Right. One of the things he argues is he says, that's fine if you assume that people can transfer that skill outside of a classroom. Right. But study after study, and he is an economist, this is like backed up with studies, show that people are really, really bad at the transfer of skills. And Ian, I bet you've seen this before. Um, Give me one an example. of the things. Yeah. yeah. So, in an English department in school, right? Like, we teach our students, among many, many other things, how to write, right? We teach <laughs> them how to write well. We teach them how to write whatever. Yeah. One thing that we hear from other teachers all the time, history teachers, science teachers, whatever, when they require their students to do some writing in their class, is they come to us and they say, Hey, why can't these kids write? Like, why can't our students write? And we tell them, they can, they just don't think they have to for you, right? Like, like, oh, like we know that they can write. Yeah. They just don't understand that the same stuff that can make for successful writing in an English class can make for successful writing in a lab report. Okay. Like people are bad at transferring skills.
2: Or Joe, I think, I think that your, your example doesn't actually Prove that people are bad at it, it's that people don't want to. People don't want to. People aren't able to Which is different different from they're unable to, which kind Mm -hmm. of cuts at the the base of his argument. If he's saying
0: that Yeah, but okay, but that's okay. Right? Because but when you do need it, when your Mm -hmm. new boss says, I need you to do this thing, you can tap into it, can't you? I mean, isn't that the point? Like if I don't need to use information, I'm not going to use information. But as soon as I do, don't you start making those connections? In seventh grade, I dissected a hamster and I am <laughs> ready to fucking go. As, as pretty soon, soon as my, my boss cat. tells me I need to cut open a hamster, I am going to kill it. Okay? <laughs> but not the hamster. I mean the,
1: the dissection. Well, but I wonder Hopefully how much hamster's dead already dead. Yeah. And shaved. Like, Good. when I learn a new skill on the job or when you guys learn a new skill on the job, I don't think I often like go back to something I've learned in the past. I think more often than not, I look at examples of that thing being done well now and I figure it out. Like I rebuild it, right? Like Nick, when you figured out how to Right. so it's not like, Oh, I learned something similar to this. It's, Oh, let me figure out how to do this by looking at examples and mimicking them. Right. But okay. So all that aside, all that at the the end of the day, (laughs) mm Hmm. At
0: the end of the day, is, what are the solutions that he puts forth? Because his argument of just don't do it is like, doesn't sound like a great one.
1: <laughs> well, well, he does talk about like high level policy level solutions where he says, look, Ian shadow rules. Step one, cut the funding, right? Educational austerity. Government needs to sharply cut education funding to curb this wasteful, wasteful practice, right? That's step one. He says like, that's going to disincentivize the pursuit of higher education. And that's going to lower the inflation of education is what he says. The, the inflation of signaling. So so his I, I really I think I take primary issue with. Well, I take your issue with two issues, two points here. First,
2: his idea that um, his idea that that um, education exists for a single uh, a, a single purpose. And, and I've, I've kind of I've, I've called that out. We're leaving that behind. The other big issue is that his solution, and especially, especially coming from his political standpoint, his solution is radically cut funding. And so I, I read a bunch of reviews of this, and and some reviews, primarily from right-leaning conservative, libertarian perspectives, are like, Yeah, it's great. Public education's crap. Let's get rid of it. Um, a lot of the left-leaning uh reviews I read from left-leaning institutions are like. What are you doing? And I think some really good, a really good interview with with Kaplan actually um, kind of brings up the the, the reviewer kind of talked to him, brings up the 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 fundamental, um, the fundamental claim that he's making, which is it is too hard to reform our higher education system. So instead, we should just light it on fire.
0: <laughs> and burn we, it down and start over, baby. Does he give specifics on cutting funding? I just think he like, says
2: he says he wants to
0: dramatically
2: reduce. Yeah. Uh, later in this in this um, in this uh, interview, he says, "I think we should have separation between school and state, so there's no state funding, and it should only be private individuals oh, and charities that fund higher education." I
0: bet he has some
2: friends a ready to solution step into to education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he works at a, a university which is largely funded by the Koch Foundation, so. I'll just leave it at that. Hey,
1: and hey, we're not talking Coca-Cola, neck.
2: <laughs> <nah. laughs> the key point in this interview, um, the interviewer asks, the interviewer says, just because something is hard is not an argument against doing it. Yeah. And Kaplan says, I think it is. So he's claiming because it's difficult to reform higher education, we should instead explode it. Yeah. And I that that feels extreme. And it puts in me in mind of um, uh, a quote from a quote from a, uh, an advisor to uh, then Governor Reagan in the 1970s. Um, this is a guy who helped Reagan kind of de University of California used to be free and Reagan as governor of California didn't want that. Yeah, and can't he was have influenced, that. influenced by this, uh, this lobbyist who said, if you have free college, you will have an educated proletariat. <laughs> And you I'm don't like want that. Thing. You don't want an educated proletariat. And this this stuff from Kaplan seems to me somewhat disingenuous because you know his he, he he's he's on record. Oh man, if if my proposals went through, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah. But he works at a private institution, right? Which is funded by the private individuals that he wants to kind of put the. He doesn't want the end of education. He wants. Uh, higher education. He wants to put the reins of uh, uh, the reins of education, the, the the course of education, in the hands of his friends.
1: His buddy. just say his, his friends, bad-of-factors. his benefactors,
0: guys. If I were in charge, I'd put you guys. I'd put you in, in, in charge. I would not. I would not want that job. Fills I would your
1: job. <laughs> <laughs> I really like summers off, Nick
0: right well there there won't be a summers off with private education joe you know that
1: mm-hmm. no no that's no. the first for...
0: thing to go it's like maybe not everything should be put through the funnel of capitalism i don't know maybe it's oh, an weird. idea yeah weird. but, but i think okay yeah so, so let me let me
2: uh play al pacino here for a second just one mm-hmm. quick second who ah there's a lot <laughs> <laughs> good, good. <laughs> there is a lot of waste in higher education mm-hmm. he oh is right god. there god yeah
0: he makes a lot of great points, guys. I'll be honest. <laughs> the waste
2: is the waste is primarily uh, 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 largely localized in uh, what's called administrative
1: bloat. Joe, are you familiar <laughs> with this idea? So um, I don't work in the same atmosphere that you do. But yes, I'm familiar with the idea.
2: Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like it's like, you know, we need vice provosts of um, vice provosts of the north end of campus, mm-hmm. vice provosts of the closet and the student union. Like you've got, you got,
0: it's the same issue with, with the medical field as
2: well. Right. I mean, you see this right. in, where
1: things get very, very top heavy
2: in a lot yeah. of situations. And oftentimes it's not just, you have a proliferation of administrative positions, many of which are useless. Many of which are filled with, with useless uh, waste, wasteful people, but also that they get paid six figures. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm not even going to bring athletics into this because oftentimes athletics are a separate, like, financial institution, a a separate financial side, but just like in terms there have been, there have been studies um, back during COVID uh, when a bunch of uh, um, universities were laying off huge numbers of faculty Mm -hmm. um, because, Oh, we don't have, we can't support you anymore. Um, Folks were tracking at the same time, the raises that the university presidents were getting. And so the university president would get a $15 million raise and then they would cut a bunch of faculty and the question is you know like are you, you're not really sick sa- you know are you really saving money um so i think i think i would agree with his idea that some some austerity needs to happen but the austerity should happen on the vice provost of yeah. underwater basket weaving like it shouldn't happen on <laughs> whoa the,
1: the
0: i know yeah, I Nick we'll Nick is very offended. <laughs> Must we sacrifice you the know. important things? Yeah,
1: no. So I, I think Ian brings good points. And I think like when you read this book, it's very hard for it to, to, to not be compelling, right? Like it is a pretty convincing argument as he put that he puts forward. And like Nick said, like, I do think a lot of his points are like, eh, yeah, that does seem like that, that does kind of line up with my experience. Um, The point that Nick touched on briefly. and And if you want to know kind of where i'm coming from here is nick said well a lot of this stuff that you learn when you go through school like you don't know when it's going to come up again it's the idea of a liberal arts education where we're going to like broadly educate you right we're going to teach you not just about you know your underwater basket weaving which you are going to do you know for the state for the next 20- 30 years but we are instead going to teach you like a little bit about what it means to be a human. Like you're going to study philosophy. You're going to study literature. You're going to study music, whatever that case is. I do think, you know, call me a romantic, call me an idealist, but I do think that is a tremendous value of education. Is it delivered efficiently? Probably not. But I also think like the random walk through the garden that, that, that kind of, liberal arts education and life is, I don't know if you can deliver it efficiently. Like, I think it's just a matter of, Hey, here's a bunch of stuff. Mm, Take a look around, see what you're interested in. And if, when you uh, grab onto something you like, follow it to its natural conclusion. Um, I think that's a tremendous value of education. I think education helps us realize ourselves as people more fully. I think, um, yeah i mean what uh, hey we're not going to sit here in bad mouth education guys we think it's kind of uh, good yeah <laughs> we're,
0: it, we're in the pockets of education i think
1: <laughs> <With> big education <laughs> big edu- this edu- week's education. episode brought to
2: you by the coke brothers <laughs>
0: okay, sponsors there's a quote from shakespeare that
2: i
1: think pertains directly to this oh do you want to read where it we should finish because yeah. i don't have i don't want to read a quote from this book <laughs>
0: okay all right well that, that, hey that, joe should anybody read this book it's an
1: interesting argument. It sounds like you... Yeah, I think it's an interesting argument, and I think it's a surprisingly compelling argument. Yeah. Right? Like, I do think right. that's the value of this book, is you read it and you go like, oh, no. I, <laughs> right. I would imagine it's a pretty easy read, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More or less. It's a pretty yeah. easy read. He doesn't get too much... Like, he does support a lot, of his, a lot of his arguments with studies, but he doesn't get too deeply into the studies. Um, the Wikipedia page for this has, like scientific formula on it and that it's like talking scary. About, it's it scary. is really scary but there's not so much of that in the book don't um, be scared i want like to i,
2: I want to call out something uh interest like super interesting about what he's doing uh or or, or his, his approach uh which i want i think i i think i like and i think i want to i think i want to hang on to uh are you fam- you guys are familiar with the turing test right alan turing yes. Yeah, he he said uh his his idea was we can we can test like can AI Im- imitate human beings like can AI, AI gain sentience or whatever we can it deceive a person to make mm-hmm. the person think that the chatbot is um in fact a uh, human. So, uh Kaplan has this idea called the ideological Turing test and he proposes um we uh, uh can we can you accurately state the views of your opponents to their satisfaction in a way that makes them like say yes that's what i agree with and so like if you are say uh anti-abortion uh, if you, you believe that uh, that abortion should not be legal can you fairly honestly state the pro-abortion mm-hmm. perspective in a way that a pro-abortion person could could be this is the cheering test bit could be deceived and think you are a um a pro-abortion person sure. yep. and vice versa and i think i think it's a really interesting idea about sort of civil discourse and considering the views of the of, of the of the other side um and it's weirdly kind of it doesn't really match his his contrarian vibe because mm-hmm. he's proposing that we uh, to be good debaters and good thinkers we should be able to engage with, uh understand the views of our opposition so that we could state them in a sympathetic way. And then do whatever we want.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then yes, and then do cut the funding, cut the funding. <laughs> cut, cut the, the funding, funding. Cut the funding, cut the funding.
1: funding cut the fund. But heads, if you want a sticker, we've recently sorted out a pretty embarrassing oh, archive problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so head on over to you don't know litpodcast.com. dot com. There's a button that says request a sticker um, and you will be drawing from a surprisingly depleted or increasingly depleted stock of them. <laughs> um, after Let's that, just put it rate, this way.
2: I had I had sent out a certain number of stickers.
1: And right. then after
2: my uh investigation into the archives <laughs> I've sent out nearly that number more. Right. So little they're coming. Please keep requesting. I will check regularly and
0: um our administrative assistant who shall we not be named? Leadheads, if you were putting off uh, submitting a sticker request, um, now might be the time because we may have way less than we anticipated. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we are on top
1: of these requests. After that, yep. Leadheads, rate, yep. subscribe, review, tell a bookish friend. Fire and, that intern. Yep, fire that intern. All right, <laughs> Ian, take us away.
2: I'm I'm going to read a quote from uh, one of, Shakespeare's lesser-known plays. It's called Henry the Sixth, Part Two. Um, there are three parts of Henry the Sixth, and nobody reads any of the three parts.
0: Oh, but no. hey, Ian, um, what's the only Shakespeare hey. uh, writing to have two uh, apostrophes? Ooh, Love's is Lost. I don't know. I don't really remember the answer. That might be right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nick is, uh, in the spirit of Brian Kaplan, Nick is cutting the punchlines off of his jokes. <laughs> He's cutting the funding, yeah. the funding to the ends of his bits. we cutting, the sh- cutting, cutting. All right. So this is, uh, this is a quote from, uh, from, uh, this play. And like I say, not a lot, of, not a lot of people have read it, but you've probably heard this, this quote, uh, there is a rebellion going on. Um, this is one of Shakespeare's, uh, few representations of sort of civil unrest and Shakespeare kind of represents these these rebels as, well, idiots, to put it lightly. Um, <laughs> the, 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 leader, the leader is a guy named Jack, and he's talking to a group of people. And Jack says, There shall be in England seven half-penny loaves sold for a penny. The three-hooped pot shall have ten hoops, and I'll make it felony to drink small beer. All the realms shall be in common, and in cheapside shall my palfrey go to grass. And when I am king, as king I will be everyone says yeah yeah rebel rebel wow, yes okay, i thank you there shall be when i am king there shall be no money all shall eat and drink on my credit and i will apparel them all in one liver livery that they may agree like brothers and worship me their lord and then somebody in the crowd shouts out the first thing we do let's kill all the lawyers